Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 898. We'd like to start off today's show with a lively avian audio postcard from a lovely lady from Baltimore who calls herself, and is now called by us, Muffy, reporting from out Maryland Way in Chesapeake Bay. Good morning, Muffy. Good morning, Ray and fellow talking birders. This is Muffy from Baltimore. I'm sending greetings from Hart Miller Island in the Chesapeake Bay today. The two islands, Hart and Miller, were rapidly disappearing when the state of Maryland joined them with the dike and reclaimed them with dredge material from the Baltimore Harbor and Patapsco River. Today, I joined a group from the Natural History Society of Maryland to visit the island via a short boat ride. The ride was provided by the Maryland Environmental Services. So far, we've seen bald eagles, lots of osprey fishing for breakfast, flocks of red-winged blackbirds, and plenty of double-crested cormorants sunning on the rocks. It's been a great day, and I'm hoping that you're somewhere enjoying good birding, too. That's Muffy, a.k.a. Linda Schwartz from Baltimore. Thank you, Muffy. By the way, we have another little Baltimore connection just ahead. Meanwhile, we're always looking for more audio postcards. So if you have a birding experience that you could describe to us in a minute or two, please consider sharing it with us that way. You can record an audio postcard on your smartphone or a little tape recorder, nothing complicated, and then send us the file that's saved there. And if you have any questions about how to do it, let us know, and we'll be happy to walk you through it. And I'll handle this. Email me at ray at talkingbirds.com. That's ray at talkingbirds.com. A bird flu update. This time there is some news. Not happy news, unfortunately. At the Noah's Ark Bird Sanctuary in Georgia, just southeast of Atlanta, avian flu has killed at least 700 black vultures. Officials at the sanctuary say that no other birds there have tested positive for or shown symptoms of avian flu, but apparently many are being euthanized there, just in case, and that's spurred some protests there. The virus in the U.S. has led to the deaths of 40 million chickens and turkeys and about 2,000 wild birds this year, also including more than 200 bald eagles. Meanwhile, according to the National Wildlife Disease Program, which is part of the Department of Agriculture, there continues to be very low risk of an outbreak among wild songbirds. So there is still no official recommendation to take down feeders unless you also keep domestic poultry. We do have some good bird news today. It's from Colombia, South America, where a long-lost hummingbird has been rediscovered. It's the Santa Marta 
saber-wing, a rather large hummingbird with the male displaying emerald green feathers and a bright iridescent blue throat. It's found only in Colombia's Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta mountains. And this is the only, only the second documented sighting of the bird since it was first collected in 1946. The conservation group Selva has a cautionary note saying, we found the bird in an area that is unprotected, which means it's critically important for conservationists, local communities, and government institutions to work together to learn more about the hummingbirds and protect them and their habitat before it's too late. So good news with a cautionary note. Attention, Rhode Island area, Talking Birds listeners. On Saturday, September 10th, the Ocean State Bird Club will host a presentation by superstar birder and author Noah Stricker, the guy who set a record for a worldwide birding big year in 2015, spotting 6,042 species and becoming the first person ever to record half of the world's bird species in a single year. He's also the author of a really great book. He told us about it here on the show a while ago, about his achievement. It's called Birding Without Borders, an Obsession, a Quest, and the Biggest Year in the World. So that 2 p.m. talk, September 10th, Rhode Island College in Providence, open to the public. Tickets are $20, free for club members. Full info at Ocean State Bird Club. Dot org. That's Ocean State Bird Club. Dot org. That lovely sweet sound they were hearing is our mystery bird. Little preview here of our mystery bird contest coming along a bit later. Our bird is a large black fish catcher with a long body, a long neck, and a bare patch of orange-colored facial skin. There's a big clue. Its medium-sized bill is hooked at the tip. Our bird, which breeds across the northern U.S. and winters in the southern states mostly, grabs its fish prey with its bill after diving from the water's surface. It's known for standing on channel markers and rocks and piers with its wings spread out to dry. That's our mystery bird. And we have some wonderful prizes this morning from Beautio Books and Birds and Beans Coffee. So the mystery bird contest coming along a bit later. Conservation salute this morning goes to the Golden State, California. Hold on to your hat if you haven't heard this before. This one is pretty dramatic. California regulators have voted for a plan to restrict and ultimately ban the sale of gasoline-powered cars, a move that the state's governor describes as the beginning of the end for the internal combustion engine. New policy expected to accelerate the global transition toward electric vehicles. And, of course, other states tend to follow California and stuff like this. And here's a sign of the times. Car and Driver magazine, which has been celebrating internal combustion vehicles for more than 60 years, has an electric car on its cover again this month and has devoted more than half of the issue's pages to electric-powered vehicles. That's pretty incredible. A salute to more Talking Birds ambassadors helping us get the word out about the show and birds and conservation. And thank you to Ed Reynolds from Madison, Wisconsin, one of our favorite cities. Thank you, Ed. Thanks to a listener from Ellicott City, Maryland, who wishes to remain anonymous for on-air purposes. So thank you, anonymous ambassador. 
And here's an ambassador from Canada explaining why he became one. My name is Jesse Varasta, and I'm calling from Niagara, Ontario. I decided to become a Talking Birds ambassador because it's really important to continue helping birds survive in the current conditions and for people to know how we can support our friends. I believe that you should become a Talking Birds ambassador because it allows you to do something in your own community. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassadors family. It's easy to do. Just visit our website, TalkingBirds.com. Click on Get Involved at the top of the homepage and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. Join today, and thanks. It's late summer. Folks are out at the oceanside and lakeside and up in the mountains, so it's a special challenge for us to recruit new ambassadors. So if you've ever thought about being one, it's a really good time to do it right there at the Get Involved tab at TalkingBirds.com. Still to come on our show today, we'll happily welcome back our resident reviewer, Susan Edwards-Richmond, who will tell us about a new book called The Hawk's Way, Encounters with Fierce Beauty. Plus, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in a Let's Ask Mike segment almost live from the archive in which he'll talk about bald-headed blue jays and cardinals that look like vultures. And up next, a bird you can see anywhere in the U.S., as long as it's southeast Florida, is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Having the orchard oriole as last week's mystery bird got us thinking about other orioles. It may be surprised to learn that, according to our account, there are nine oriole species that can be seen in North America. In addition to the orchard, there's the well-known Baltimore oriole, as well as the bullocks, the scots, the hooded, the altamira, the audubons, the casual southwest visiting streak-backed, and today's featured feathered friend, the spot-breasted oriole. The spot-breasted is a large, mostly bright orange oriole with a black mask, a black throat, and black wings with large white patches. In this oriole species, the male and female are identical in appearance, and both the male and female sing, although the female's song is generally simpler and with a thinner tone than that of the male. The spot-breasted oriole feeds by gleaning insects from foliage and sipping nectar from flowers, and sometimes eating flowers, too. Like its oriole relatives in the icterid family, the spot-breasted oriole creates a nest by weaving a long, hanging pouch made of fibers and thin plant roots and suspended in the fork of a tree branch. It's native to Mexico and Central America, and it's seen here in the U.S. only in southeast Florida, where it established populations from escaped cage birds back in the 1940s. And not everybody knows this, but in 1993, a song about Orioles was released by Little Richard. We should explain that song was actually part of a TV commercial for the baseball Orioles of Baltimore, but we couldn't resist sampling it in presenting today's featured feathered friend, Icterus pectoralis. The spot-breasted oriole. I believe this is the only show about birds that would have Little Richard as part of it. Another thing that, that makes our show a little bit unusual. And that... Wait a second. Can you hear that? Yeah. 
So that would be uh, some hatching sounds, I think, there, yeah. which indicates, I believe, that we're about to uh, enter the Talking Birds book nest with Susan Edwards Richmond. She's the author of the award-winning picture book, Bird Count, winner of the Parents' Choice Silver Award, and she has a new book also, which we'll hear about in a moment, and she joins us now to review a new book by noted nature author Cy Montgomery called The Hawk's Way, Encountering Fierce Beauty. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Ray. Hello, everybody. Great to have you back. It's been too long, but we're glad glad to have you here. And I haven't read this book yet, Susan, but I, I definitely definitely like the cover with my favorite raptor, the Harris's hawk there. It looks like it's getting ready to swoop down onto some unsuspecting prey. Well, give us an overview of, of the book. What's it about, Susan? Yeah. So, uh, first of all, there's a great um, tribute to the cover. The fo- the photographs in this book are stunning by um, Tiana Stromback, who's worked with Cy before, but they're wonderful mm-hmm. photographs throughout the book. Um, so, for many listeners are probably familiar with Cy Montgomery as um, her memoirs of her relationships with animals such as the soul of the octopus and the good good pig Mm. where she exhibits this extraordinary empathy a very gentle vegetarian naturalist um who's known for just her her extraordinary warm feelings and um the relationships where she considers the the animals obviously us as important as people in her life Um, and when she turns her attention to birds of prey her passion really becomes visceral and it's it's a conflict for her um, because mm. what she learns about raptors is they are foreign to humans in almost every way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and some of the qualities that make this book unique is, is conf- it's the conflict inside its desire not to harm animals, and yet her fascination with this apex predator whose every instinct is geared to the hunt. Mm-hmm. So it's it's fascinating um, reading her wrestle with some of those ideas, and it's also a great lesson in the history of falconry and the language which has a lot of unique vocabulary. Some of the terms like jesses, which are the um, what you use to hold on to the hawks that might be familiar, but other things like footing and braceleting sound like very gentle terms for fairly violent actions. When a, when a hawk puts you, it means it basically reaches out with its talons and, <laughs> and rips in your skin. And bracelet, it actually encircles you. It can encircle your arm with its talons, which can also be quite painful. And one of the words that I liked the most was actually given by um, Nancy Cohen, who's a master falconer and was Sai's mentor in this book called Yarok. And Yarok is the often explosive buildup of hunting desire. Mm. Okay. Wow. So uh, that's pretty amazing stuff. Uh, And she is a a wonderful writer, as you you suggest. one one criticism I think sometimes of of her writing is that some people say she anthropomorphizes a little bit too much, assigning all these human qualities to uh, animals. What's your what's your take on that? Well, I think that's really an interesting question for this book in particular because she's kind of encountered a partner who is less maybe less human than some of the ones that she has encountered before. That she is looking for human qualities, but. Um, I, I think that she just believes that our sensibilities are not that different, that we don't know enough about the animal world. And mm. when we actually go into relationship with them, we find that we have very similar responses to similar things. Um, and maybe using the human language for those terms may not be completely 
appropriate to some people, but we don't have any other words <laughs> for them. But with the hawk, with the raptors, it's it's very interesting because she finds that their their instincts are so strong and so contrary to many of her own. Um, yeah. So it's it's a fascinating yeah. read for that for that reason. She even talks about them holding a grudge, I believe. Yes, yes, they do. Well, uh, if you want to, if you if you observe this relationship and you have another word than that human one to assign to it, I'm sure she'd be happy to hear it. All right, this is not a very long book. What, 96 pages, I think. And um, who, who's yeah. it really for? Is this uh, you know people who really love uh, raptors or birders in general, or just kind of people in general would find it interesting? compact volume, which means that really it can be read quite quickly. You don't have to immerse yourself for a long period of time. But I think, first of all, I think anybody who is a fan of of Cy Montgomery, I'm sure there's many, many of your listeners out there who are, this is a must read. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a different side of her and a, just a very fascinating exploration. Um, but I think, you know, anyone who's really interested in birds and rafters, but also just anyone who's interested in the relationship between human beings and individual animals in the natural world. Um, it's very, it's fascinating. All right, the Hawks Way at Cy Montgomery. Yeah. Well, Susan, you have your own new book, Bio Blitz, Counting Critters. Yeah. Give us a quick thumbnail about that. Yes, I'm very excited about this book. It's a little bit of a follow-on from my first book, Bird Count. Um, this one, however, features not Ava, who was our, our bird-loving girl in the Christmas Bird Count, but her cousin, Gabriel. And uh, Gabriel lives in a, a little bit more of an urban setting, and he is uh, looking forward to a bio blitz in his community park where his father is a ranger, and Ava comes to visit. So it's sort of a perfect combination of Ava's love of birds and um, Gabriel's love of bugs. And the two of them go for this biodiversity count um, in their park to see how many critters of all kinds that they can find, and the reader can count along with them. All right. Susan Edwards-Richmond is the author of the award-winning picture book, Bird Count, winner of the Parents' Choice Silver Award, and uh, she's also a teacher, and she has won awards for her poetry as well, and her new book is Bio Blitz, Counting Critters. Find out more about it and about Susan at SusanEdwardsRichmond.com. Thank you, Susan. Hope to see you here in the Book Nest again soon. Thank you so much, Ray. Yeah, until next time. Bye-bye, everyone. Coming up next, our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather. The flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP Warranty an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. Should have given a little warning about that sound that you're hearing there, but it is, after all, our mystery bird, and this is our mystery bird contest in which we invite you to call and tell us what you think that bird is or tell us what you know it is. 
at 781-837-4900. The important thing is to call as soon as you can so that we have time for our Mystery Bird Contest and to award some beautiful prizes here. Clues first, our Mystery Bird is a large black fish catcher with a long body, a long neck, and a bare patch of orange-colored facial skin. Its medium-sized bill is hooked at the tip, a bird which breeds across the northern U.S. and winters mostly in the southern states, grabs its fish prey with its bill after diving from the water's surface. Famously known for standing on channel markers, rocks, and piers with its wings spread out to dry. That's the bird. That's the sound. The prizes include a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, a family-owned business offering one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and a 12-ounce bag of birds and beans, shade-grown, bird-friendly, fair trade, certified organic, delicious coffee. Beautiful prizes there, and if we get to our bonus question, a $20 certificate for Wisdom Supply will be the prize there. They make those wonderful plastic-free books and notepads and journals and other supplies plastic-free for classroom and office. Here's that number again, and call us as soon as you can, 781 837 Meanwhile, let's ask Mike, almost live from the archive, in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all, along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for, in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. This winter, join us in Trinidad and Tobago, a tropical birding hotspot, or go beyond the beaches in the DR. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit QuestNatureTours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed. Cape Cod, Massachusetts, where the sun always shines and the bird watcher's general store is always open. Well, it's open a lot anyway, from various times. Mike O'Connor is down there. Good morning, Mike. Hey, good morning, Ray, and kudos on your new webpage. That is really sweet. Nice job on that. I just Thank checked you. that out. Looks pretty nice, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who did it for you. I know it wasn't you. Our, but it, it's just... That's for sure, yeah. I know how to turn it on, but I mean... Well, uh, Mr. Kip Clark is responsible for that, along with our fabulous uh, team of uh, Debbie Bleacher and Freya McGregor. Yeah, and, but not me uh, at all, actually. So I'm looking at the uh, script here for your program uh, presentation this morning. Mike, it says the topic is melting. Is that correct? No, that's not right. It's not right? <laughs> oh, sorry, molting, molting. I that's, just didn't see how that was printed up. Molting. So yeah, this is, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you, you got to get those glasses right. Uh, I know. Yeah. Or, or a new prescription. Yeah, here. the annual molting season. And with that, we get a lot of people, and I probably talked about this before, I'm sure I have, but a lot of people who run into, we're going to, I'm doing air quotes, I don't know if you can see it on the radio or I not, see it, but yeah. the bald, bald cardinals and bald blue jays yeah. where the, Cardinals and Blue Jays are notorious for losing all their head feathers at one time, and they mm-hmm. they look they look basically come, like they came from Chernobyl. They look <laughs> crazy, and you can see they're all heads are black. Uh, the, and the cardinal has that bright red beak on this little pinhead 
black head with these weird ear holes. They look like little baby vultures, what they they, yeah. they look like. And they're too notorious for losing their head feathers all at once at this time of year. It, can do, it happens other times, but 99% of it's right now. It hasn't been well studied. Nobody knows why those two birds are not particularly related at all, hmm. why it happens to them the most. But all the birds are funky right now. You know, I just had two cat birds land on the feet, or they look like they just got off the, the spin cycle. They're all disheveled <laughs> and fucked. And even house finches, people get caught with this because uh, the young house finches are molting into adult plumage and they end up with some tufts of feathers on their head. They look like they have horns. Mm. People think they're some kind of devil bird because the little tufts of feathers are still going on. So it's, it's a weird kind of bird time now. But no one's sure why the cardinals and the blue jays go through this. And not all of them, just a small percentage of them. But it's enough where if you did online search, you would find page after page, picture after picture of bald cardinals and bald blue jays. And it's, they're kind of creepy looking. They, they think it's, you know, diet or mites. Mites get pointed out a lot and parasites or some kind of trauma, why it affects them. But why just these two birds, we don't know. But, um, you know, I've been selling birds to you with Rogaine to help stem the problem. But they do grow back, so just kind of put up with it for a little while. And in a few weeks, they'll look like the pretty cardinals and blue jays once again. All right. They're not melting. They're just molting, and they'll be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to you next week, Mike. Okay. Mike O'Connor at the famous Birdwatcher's General Store. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including news stories about birds conservation and science photography tips stories about places to go birding bird id tips and much more best of all the newsletter is free sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter we've deliberately lowered the volume this time on the sound of our mystery bird it's not exactly a wood thrush sounding bird there but what is it 781-837-4900 is the number, and Faith is in Pembroke, Massachusetts. Good morning, Faith. Good morning, Ray. I um, just want to let you know I love your show. I'm also an ambassador. Thank you very much for both of those things. You're especially welcome. the second one there. <laughs> Thank you, Faith. How about our I don't mis- know if yeah. I'm. Yeah. I don't know if I'm right, but is it a, is it a crested caraca? A crested. Oh, cara cara. Crested cara cara. Let me check and see if that would be the. Uh, no. No. <laughs> I think that's a that that will be a, a mystery bird in the future, but not today. Okay, right. thank you, Ray. <laughs> thank you, Faith. Okay, not a crested caracara, but a top quality guest there. Kate is in Petersburg, New York. Good morning, Kate. Yay! Good morning, Mike. I'm also an ambassador. My husband and I both are. Holy cow! Do we allow two ambassadors on in a row, Jesse? I don't know if that's a, yeah. Is that okay? He said it's okay. <laughs> thank I you. I think it's all right. Thank you. It's more than all right. And thank you so much for that, Kate. Thank you. Of and um, thank you for calling in on the mystery bird contest. And you uh, say the bird would be what? I think it's a double-breasted cormorant. Yeah, two crests on there. That's uh, not usually visible this breeding season. You can see that. Yeah, double-crested cormorant. I sat next to one. This is kind of weird. On a board on a, a breakwater. But at the tip of Cape Cod, it was only about Ooh. 10 feet away from me. And I have to say, I was so struck by how beautiful the feathers are on that bird. They're mm. just absolutely spectacular. Then aquamarine eyes. What an underrated bird in terms of its beauty. Hey, I think we have time for a bonus question if you're up for it. Oh, I'm up for it. All right. It's a multiple choice. Only one of the following three statements is true. Which one is it? A, bird skeletons weigh less 
than the skeletons of similarly sized mammals. B, bird skeletons weigh about the same as the skeletons of similarly sized mammals. Or C, bird skeletons weigh more than the skeletons oh, of no. similarly sized mammals. There are your three choices. What do you think? Oh, dear. Mm. I don't know. I'm going to go with A. A, they weigh less. It's kind of not fair because it's a little bit of a tricky question because that would be the uh, the logical answer because we know that the bird bones are hollow, so you figure that's mm-hmm. like, but but they're also more dense. The the bone is more <sighs> dense, kind of makes up for the hollowness, which all sounds kind of weird, but that's that's the way it is according to the researchers who figured this out and our friend John Kreischer, who was on with us, uh, been on the show a few times, uh, has. <laughs> explain that to us. So the skeleton of a two-ounce songbird uh, weighs just about as much as the skeleton of a two-ounce mouse. So there you go. All right. (laughs) Okay. Kate, stay (laughs) on the line, and thank you, and uh, congratulations on uh, winning the Mystery Bird Contest with that double-crested cormorant. Thank you, Kate. Double-crested cormorant, our mystery bird. We're out of time, so we're going to get ready for next week's show. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.